Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. On this episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast, you'll hear from two amazing women who have a business partnership that has resulted in massive success over the last years. So I can't wait to introduce you to Trina Pryor and Jill Payne. They not only have started a very successful private practice, but they now have a therapeutic preschool that they've added to their umbrella of services. I can't wait to introduce you guys. We're going to start out with Trina and then Jill will join us later in the episode. Enjoy. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. All right, so before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Sure. Trina Pryor, Simply Therapy, and we're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Fabulous. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you tonight and hear your story and your journey to private practice. Before we talk about what you're up to now, can you take us back to maybe like when you first got started in the field and like what you were doing maybe during your CF and thereafter? Actually, before I graduated from graduate school, I accepted a position at a long-term care facility. After not working for two years and, you know, needing money, that was a great option for me. You know, they said, here's going to be your salary. And I thought, oh my God, like, I've never, you know, that's a lot of money coming out of grad school. So anyway, so I took that position and I do truly love, I do have a special place in my heart for the elderly and just, you know, that type of work. But I quickly realized that maybe that wasn't something that I could do forever. I actually started working PRN with my current business partner. So we both worked at a nursing facility and just decided that it wasn't for either one of us really. So that's how we got started. That's perfect. You had a job and you were sort of like, wow, I can make some solid money being an SLP. And that's really (laughs) nice coming out of grad school, (laughs) right? Right. And my husband's a teacher. (laughs) You know, the teacher life. But yeah, so I thought, you know, I have all these student loans and they just put it right out there in front of you. The recruitment is pretty good. So 
that was a good way to get started, right? I feel like there's never any mistakes in life, right? Everything's a learning no, experience. No. So that's perfect. So you got started with that. And then you started kind of feeling like, mm, can't do this forever. So then what got you, what happened next? My business partner had her second baby and was on maternity leave and just decided she didn't want to go back <laughs> to work in the nursing home, basically. So she said, you know, I have this crazy idea. What if we started seeing patients on the side? And we continued to work full time for quite some time before we built ourselves up enough with, you know, enough clientele to be able to quit that. But yeah, so really she was like, do you want to do this with me? And I said, sure. <laughs> That's fantastic. So you guys were just yeah. like regular staff clinicians yeah. at the skilled nursing facility or whatever. You know, that happens a lot where people like have kids or some sort of life event happens and that triggers for a lot of people right. this desire to start a private practice, right? And for other people, it sounds like you, like an opportunity comes along that maybe yes. you're like necessarily thinking that. And all of a sudden yes. you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have kids yet, but I think from her perspective, she was thinking the flexibility of working for yourself and just not being on that rigid schedule, like in nursing facilities where you have to ask off a year in advance for Christmas and just, you know, kind of crazy things sometimes. So she just really felt like she wanted to have a flexible job and be her own boss, I guess. Yeah. And how great that she offered up you that opportunity to start this journey with her. Yes. So it sounds like you started with some clients on the side. What kinds of people were those first clients that y'all were working with? Mostly at the beginning, they were articulation clients who, all peds, well, I say that, but they were not all peds. Basically, at the beginning, we kind of took whatever was referred to us. We just went around to the different physicians in town, ENTs, pediatric, and allergists in town, and we just kind of um, said, here we are, we're available, if you need somebody, you can refer to us, and they did. We started out, I just remember the the transition, feeling like juggling, you know, like juggling two things and thinking, is this ever going to work out? Not that it took that long, but it just kind of feels that way when you're in it. And um, still working full-time at the nursing facility and trying to run back and forth to the clinic, then eventually going PRN at the facility and really starting to build our caseload. It only took a few months, but I'm sure at the time it felt like it was taking forever. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's fantastic though, for you to both be able to like take the sleep. And it sounds like, did you like literally quit your jobs together also? I think that when she came back from maternity leave, she came back either part-time or maybe just PRN. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't, she didn't come back full-time. That's fantastic. Okay. So you were building this on the side and then at what point did you know that you felt confident to leave your job? That's a really good question. The hard part or part of the thing was, you know, the benefits that you're offered a big company, you know, the health insurance and the retirement and all of those benefits that you don't really think about when you're transitioning to your own, you know, you're opening your own small business. Luckily, we just kind of, my husband had benefits, her husband had benefits. We were kind of able to lean on them for that for a long time. But I mean, I don't know. I think eventually we just thought there's no way we can keep this up anymore. Just running back and forth, like I said. And if I had a pretty full day at the clinic, I was like, there's no way I can see all my patients at the nursing home, you know? So 
just eventually being like, this is it. So I think I decided to go PRN at that point or maybe part-time at the nursing home, but it dropped my hours down for sure there. So yeah. Nice. And that's what a lot of people do too, is to do like a staggered leave, right? When Mm -hmm. you, because there's, there's only so much time in the day, right? Unless you're Hermione Granger, right? You can't be in two places at the same time. So we haven't perfected it yet for the rest of us. (laughs) So making sure that you're being able to like go down in a way that as your private caseload is increasing, your, you know, regular job hours are decreasing. And then eventually you just decide to kind of take the leap all together and then maybe still do some yeah. PRN, but, but whatever else. Yeah. So were you guys seeing clients in their homes? Did you have your own space by that point? What did your private practice we, look like? We actually started out renting a little bit of office space. I don't remember how much. It wasn't very much from a physician in town. He just had a medical practice. I think it was just a general practice. We rented, I think, two offices from him. So we would see clients in one of those and then keep, you know, do our paperwork and so forth in the other. That worked out really well for a while because then we could stagger our, our clients. And so eventually, I would probably say six months or so, we grew out of that space and decided we needed to go somewhere else. So Nice. And then, so what kind of space did you get? Then we moved into about a thousand square foot space. We had three large rooms, a waiting area, quite a bit more space than we had before. That point that we decided to hire someone to sit up front, be like an office manager, I guess. And that was, I guess, the first way that our business kind of grew. But yeah. That's fantastic. As your caseload grew and as the need for more hours and time and everything grew, your space grew, right? So That makes perfect sense. And to have someone to do some of those administrative assistant kind of front desk responsibilities, I'm sure was huge for you guys in terms of freeing you up from doing some of that work. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. So what happened next? As our caseloads grew, I guess we still struggle with this today, but the referrals keep coming in, which is a good thing. We stay busy, but sometimes it's like, well, Do we continue to take referrals even though we don't really have room or do you say no and risk that referral source to stop sending referrals to you? So we just kept taking referrals and just decided to hire. We started hiring employees at that point. Fantastic. And how long ago was this roughly when you started hiring employees? Probably end of 2011. So we had started in 2010. So Nice. So that's pretty amazing. So within a year of getting started, Mm -hmm. you were already at a point where you had rented, not just one part of office space, but two, (laughs) two, you know, grew. And then you had your administrative assistant at the front desk, and then you were starting to think about Mm -hmm. employees. Wow. So it sounds like you took off pretty solidly within that year and then just kept growing. Tell me more. I went on maternity leave in 2012. So during that time, we needed to hire another person. It just kind of goes like this. So eventually we found ourselves with three speech therapists and then the two of us. So we had five speech therapists, an administrative assistant. We were in a thousand square feet and we just thought we can't do this anymore. Like we need a bigger space. So this was 2013. Then we moved again. <laughs> then moved again. And were these in the same like part of town? Was it in the same building? Yeah. It- these are all within a half mile of each other, (laughs) these office spaces. 
That's yeah. great. Well, that's good for your clients, right? Because they were used to coming to a yeah. certain type of location or whatever. So not moving right. wildly across town or, right. or right. something. So you started out with just SLPs. Do you, by now, do you have other disciplines working for you or, or still just speech We do. When we moved into our larger facility that we're in now, we decided to add PT and OT. Currently, we don't have any PTs here, but so we've had PT, OT, we had ABA for a little while. We knew that when we moved into this bigger space that we could have, you know, more therapists in here. So that's kind of what we did. That's absolutely fantastic. Some of the things I bet you the listeners are wondering is what is it like to be in a business partnership? It's wonderful. I can't imagine, you know, the stress of owning your own business and the stress of managing everything. Because you had said earlier when we were talking that, you know, we're speech language pathologists. We are not HR directors. We are not, you know, so just managing all of that, the billing and everything. It's wonderful just to have someone to lean on. I think when sometimes things are tough and to have that other person there is just amazing. So we know what we do best. We've kind of learned over the last nine years. I'm not such an accounting person, so she kind of does payroll and I do more of the marketing and so forth. So yeah, well, it's important to balance each other out, right? Yeah said that you're both married, right? So in other relationships, right? People balance each other's out in different ways, right? And the same sure. kind of thing has to happen in business partnerships where there are certain yeah. skills that you each possess. And then if there's skills that neither of you possess, then figuring yeah. out how to hire those out or maybe have yeah. some of your employees or an administrative assistant take on some of those things that maybe you're not good at, or other professionals, right, who can do those right. things, bookkeepers and that kind of thing. Right, definitely. That's fantastic. You mentioned that you do more of the marketing and whatnot. Where do most of your referrals come from at this point in time? At this point, I would say the majority of our referrals still come from physicians' offices in town. So our pediatricians, there's two main pediatricians pediatric offices in town. And so I would say that the majority still comes from those, but a lot is word of mouth and, you know, social media. So people get on social media and talk about, you know, and share videos of their kids at speech or whatever. And so, you know, social media is huge for us too. And Jill's here. Oh, fantastic. Come on. <laughs> so this is a fun thing. We've been talking to Trina and Jill, I think it was it your son's birthday. Yes. Well, happy he turned 13 yesterday. Oh, fantastic. So Trina <laughs> has been at a, a dinner for celebrating her son's birthday, which is so important, right? Family first, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, oh, for right. sure. Trina's been filling us in on the story of how you guys got started. And I loved hearing just about your like humble beginnings, right? As just like, you know, you were working in the nursing home <laughs> and had this idea. <laughs> it sounds like it was your idea to actually start this private practice and you <laughs> Brought Trina along with you. Yes, I was on maternity leave with my second son. It's now or never. <laughs> well, and that's the thing that's so beautiful too, is that, you know, there are two kinds of people. There are the people who come up with this idea and go with it. And then there's like people who, uh, someone else maybe lights the fire under them or gets them inspired and started. Mm -hmm. So how cool that you were both able to work together and have yeah. both of those situations happen. We heard about some of your beginnings. It sounds like grew pretty quickly in terms of getting more and more office space, getting more and more staff and employees, 
And one of the questions that I had just asked Trina was how you balance being business partnerships, right? Because that's you know something that people, a lot of people ask about. So I got a, a wonderful answer from Trina, but now I feel like I'm in one of those <laughs> game shows where we have like a hidden I know. camera. What did she say? What did, I don't know. What did she say? <laughs> well, you'll have to listen to the podcast. Jill, tell mm-hmm. us how you find being in a partnership to be a business partnership and what makes it work for you guys. I feel very lucky because we're a lot alike, but we're different in many, many ways. So I feel like it kind of works. Sometimes I'm a little OCD and sometimes (laughs) she's the opposite. And I think that helps keep us in line and balance. But, you know, we've really never sat down and said, this is your job and this is my Mm -hmm. job. This is what I'm going to do. And this is what you're going to do. We just kind of fell into roles that we felt good with. And it just worked. We're together a lot and we talk a lot. And that's just part of growing a business. And I feel very blessed because we get along. Uh, very well. Yeah. Well, that's really important too, right? Is to preserve that friendship and that, yeah, you know, those roles. And I think you're right. Sometimes people really do kind of sit down and like cash out roles. And other times people just like pick up either the slack or follow their yeah. That's beautiful. I'm so happy that that's, yeah. that's worked out so nicely for you guys. What is like your practice like now? If, if I was to come to the door and you invited me in and, you know, said, Hey, let me tell you about our practice now. What would you tell me? Well, it's crazy most days. We both carry still pretty full caseloads for also being owners and, you know, doing everything else. But we have OTs and speech seven or eight. I know it's somebody just left to move to Italy. Mm. Go so figure. So <laughs> we're like, we feel so sorry for you. It's just there's patients in and out all day. I think one of the biggest things that's changed recently at our building, though, is that we started a preschool. Wow. So we started a therapeutic preschool last year. And so if you came into our building now, you'd probably hear lots of <laughs> it's children. It's very loud here. <laughs> oh, my so, God. Yes, that is the we, coolest thing um, I've heard. Tell yeah. me more about that. We started PlaySmart Preschool last August just under the premise that we both had a lot of clients that needed preschool quality preschool and after school care, especially. And and we just felt like the way that we do therapy would be so beautiful as a preschool and a way to teach kids, you know, through play is our big thing. So Mm -hmm. our preschool, we decided to do an all day school as an option, because I think as working moms, we both, that's, a huge passion for us. And we have that, you know, so deeply embedded in our hearts that we wanted our kids to have such quality childcare. So we started that last year and it has grown. Yes. It has grown so much that we have decided to purchase another building. So we will be moving soon again. (laughs) So it's going really well. The thing that I love the most, I think is Like I said, everything is taught through play, but then also our speech therapist and occupational therapist go into the classroom and teach lessons once a week. So the kids get that exposure as well. Right now we probably have, it's like a, what, one to four ratio of special needs to typical developing kids. So I love the fact that those kids get to interact and teach each other things. How many kids are on the preschool? Um, 18. Wow. That is fantastic. Yeah. And then, and then in this move to the new building, 
will you be able to have even more kids? Is that part of your goal? Yes. <laughs> so we'll um, go from one class to five. Wow. Oh my yeah. God. You guys are unstoppable. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. Got lots of ideas. We're like somebody, maybe somebody needs to stop. <laughs> Your community must need this though, right? Like you wouldn't have had the success yeah. of the amount of referrals and the amount of clientele if you weren't needed in your community. Right. So starting the preschool, I feel like I've heard a lot of people say that that's something that they're interested in doing. Either mm -hmm. starting preschools, other people say that they want to start like adult daycare kind of facilities. Mm -hmm. So what kind of advice would you give to someone listening who had been thinking about starting a preschool with a therapy slant to it? What kind of advice would you give to somebody who's thinking about doing that? We had talked about, this is something we had talked about for a few years. And we just happened to have extra space in our building at the time to do it. So we thought, you know, we're not really doing anything with that space. So why not now? And our preschool is state licensed, which, as you may know, brings in a whole nother, a whole <laughs> realm of regulations and rules. I honestly think one of the best things that we did was hire someone to kind of take care of the preschool side of yeah. all of the licensure things and the, like I said, the regulations and all of that, the staffing. It's definitely a lot. It's a lot to know with all those state requirements and when state comes. And yeah, that's probably the best advice I could give is hire someone that can help you with that, especially if you're going to be growing in. I think that's great though. And again, it's all about service to the community and seeing needs mm -hmm. and also I mean, literally filling your space, right? If you have clinics mm -hmm. that you're paying for, right? You might as well yeah. be using that space, generating yes. income using the space. Exactly, yeah, yeah. One of the questions I typically ask at this part of the interview is what's next for you guys? But I feel like I kind of just heard what's next <laughs> for, you, for you guys. Yeah, yeah, that's what it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's it. There's, there's other things up our sleeve. But I think we probably should get our building settled and get in before we add anything else. Yeah. We have more ideas, but. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Check so, back um, in six months. <laughs> yeah, right. Give it six months or a year. I, you guys are a hoot. I love this. It's just so much fun to hear, like, the energy and the enthusiasm and just keep going, right? Like, I feel like a lot of other people really let fear stop them. And that's why I feel like you guys are just unstoppable, right? Like you might be worried about things or unsure of how things are going to happen, but it just sounds like you're figuring it out yeah. together. So that's what I think we make a good team because when I'm worried, she talks me out of it. When she's worried, like I'm not worried. So we're kind of a balance. Mm -hmm. I'll call, like reassure me that we're doing the right thing. If we're both worried, there's a problem. <laughs> then we probably should say no. <laughs> I think that sounds great. So is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that you want to share with the listeners in, in terms of either lessons that you've learned or other tips or tricks or that kind of thing? Well, I think one of my biggest things is delegate, <laughs> delegate, 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 because sure. this one here is a bit of a control freak and <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Which is good. But I also think some of those smaller things, if you can have someone else do it, definitely hire someone or, you know, have someone do those smaller jobs for you. If you get stuck on the small things, then you're going to lose sight of the big things, I think. Now there's a quotable. 
That was great. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's really important because I think that sometimes people do kind of get lost in the minutia and the repetitive tasks mm-hmm. yes. that, you know, once you really step into the role of CEO of your private practice, you shouldn't be doing those things, right? Maybe sending out mailings or something and putting the envelopes together, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, little things, yeah. Those kind of things don't need to be done by you, right? In the hospital world, back when you guys were in the skilled nursing facilities, right? We talked about that idea of skilled versus unskilled therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Thinking about, you know, the jobs that you all should be doing are really the skilled jobs, Mm -hmm. So that you have time, you know, for other people to be able to complete those tasks that you just, you you don't need to be doing. Someone needs to do it, but it doesn't happen. Right, right, exactly. This was like so much fun. I love getting (laughs) to know, you know, your story and how you got started and then how you have just grown in not that long this massive like empire, <laughs> what it feels like, <laughs> of not only like a really thriving multidisciplinary clinic, but also this therapeutic preschool. How amazing is it that you are able to offer that to, you know, the people, you know, in your area of Kentucky and to have grown this really nice partnership. And again, it sounds like you have just, you know, figured out who does best with what kind of tasks to keep this business moving forward in a really amazing way. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) You make us want to pat ourselves on the back. (laughs) Well, you should. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Absolutely pat yourselves on the back and Um, go get a, get get a massage and stuff too. Like have a glass of wine. I don't know. (laughs) You've again, really done so much in really not that long of a time. And I'm excited to hear about, you know, once you move into your new building, and really start to to grow that, please get in touch with me so I can share with the listeners what your next steps are. Yeah, we yeah. will. We'll be glad to. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story and best of luck with the move and with growing your practice and your preschool. Thank, thank you so much. All right. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having Thanks. us. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. Needless to say, Trina and Jill are wonderful people who have really found a way to make their partnership work really, really well and have built this massive like empire, really, of therapy services, uh, multidisciplinary services. Their space keeps growing. And now they've added that therapeutic preschool, which is really, really cool and something that a lot of people ask me about doing. So, you know, if you're looking to get started in private practice, I want to introduce you to a free training that I give that you can go to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar and watch a free 60-minute training for how to start your private practice. Now, it's definitely more about the beginner stuff, how to get your first clients, how to get your ducks in a row and all of that. I don't cover how to start your first therapeutic preschool in the beginner group, but that is something that I've helped people do in the grow your private practice group. But if you're just getting started and you are completely inspired by these two amazing women, head over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar and sign up for the free private practice training. Have a great week and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Take care. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned 
and I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms, in your own time, and yes, make more money. I want to invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track, because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I want to teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part, these trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com, click start or grow, and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.